This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. about successful families for the rest of the month of August, and today we're going to kick it off by talking about God's family portrait, God's, God's picture of, of what family is to be about. You know, uh, society and culture, they want to tell us, they want to define what family is, and a lot of it's been redefined, and there's a lot of crazy ideas about what family is all about. But you know, Call me old-fashioned, but, you know, I just want to go with God because I believe He's got the best idea. It can't be improved on. Amen. So we want to follow His. But, you know, we talk about God's family portrait. (coughs) You ever sat for a family picture, anybody? You ever had those family photographs, remember, especially with the kids when they were young and growing up? You know, you, you hardly ever seem to come out looking like the ideal family, do you? Always some flaws in there, you know. Maybe dad's tie doesn't match his suit. Maybe the gap in junior's teeth is, stands out. Mom has her eyes closed. The baby's just starting to cry, whatever, you know. It's just the way families are. We, we, a lot of times we fail to measure up in what we think of as the ideal family, you know. But God has given us a picture I believe from the Word, from His Word, about the ideal family that goes far beyond just the outward appearances. It's all about that special relationship that He has with His people. And the human family can even serve as a picture of God Himself. Because you know what? God the Father is a Father. He calls Himself a Father. There's a Son. There's a Holy Spirit. There is a unity there. There is a oneness there. Jesus said that... I and the Father are one, and He even prayed that we would be one as He is one. So as we look at the family and the picture of the family that that God presents to us, it gives us a better idea, not the externals that we chuckled about a minute ago, but what God's idea, ideal, and idea of a family is. Let's go back to the book of beginnings in Genesis chapter 1. The family is all about revealing the image of God. The image of God. That's really what the family is about. In Genesis chapter 1, we'll look at, well, we'll back up to verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. And then in verse 27, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God, in the beginning, forming a family, You know what he does? He begins with a man and a woman. That's God's ideal. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. It was from the beginning, and it still is today. Call me old-fashioned, but that's the family. Isn't that right? Now, we understand there are blended families and all that, and I'm not going to get into that right now. But we're talking about the building block of family. God's ideal is what? For a husband and a wife. A man and a woman. God created them. We're created in His image to reflect Him. And, the, and that union and the family that comes out of that union is a reflection of God as a father and God as desiring a family, not only a natural family, but a spiritual family. 
that He wants us to be a part of. So that's how it began. And it's a reflection of things to come. It's a reflection of things to come. You know, I believe this, that family can either reflect heaven or it can reflect hell. Sorry to be so blunt, but that's just how it is. You know, marriage and family can be the most wonderful thing, or it can be that thing where you feel like, let me out of this. Unfortunately, in our culture today, you know, getting out of a marriage, you know, it's about like, you know, trading in your car. I trade in the old model and get a new one. The only problem with the new one is it eventually becomes an old one. (laughs) Anyway, it's a reflection of things to come. And God wants the family really to reflect who He is, to reflect uh, His love reflect the unity that He has with the Son and with the Holy Spirit, and to reflect that spiritual family that Paul says, in heaven and in earth, every family derives its name, its, its likeness from the Father God. Look in Romans 8. Let's look over there just a moment. As believers, as Christians, we have been, as the song says, Placed into what? A family. We're in the family. Say that with me. I'm in the family. I'm in the family. Say it again. Ooh, I hope that's, I hope that's so. Especially if you're a believer, that's a fact. You're in the family of God. Romans 8, <coughs> pardon me, verse 15. Paul says, you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. You're not a slave. A slave is someone without rights, without privileges, without standing. Come on. He said, that's not, he said, that's not the spirit you've received as, as believers, as a Christian, since you believed on Jesus. It's not a, a spirit of slavery to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. Hallelujah. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. That word Abba, the closest thing we got to translating that in English is either Daddy or Papa. Maybe, maybe you had, did anybody have a, a little nickname for your dad? Anybody? You don't have, we're not going to ask you what it is. <laughs> Do you? No, nobody does. My, my, my daughter, my, old, my oldest child, my daughter, she had a nickname for me. And on Father's Day, she sent me, uh, so creative, she's such, so creative, just like her mom, but she, she, she had me a t-shirt made, she had me a coffee mug made, all with the same motif. She sent me sent me stickers made and everything. She always, I don't know where she got this. I have no idea. But she always called me Papa Bear. That was her nickname. So, you know, uh, she had a a T-shirt made with Papa Bear, and she had all the different qualities about her dad that she loved put in it, you know, and it made the picture of a bear. And she sent me a mug, and she sent me a sticker, and I put one on my computer. But, you know, he's saying... This is what he's saying, Abba, Father, whatever it is, Papa, Daddy, this is who we belong to. We are a part of the family of God, and that family is to be reflected in our natural family, in our family at home. It can be. Now listen, there's no such thing as a perfect family, is there? Come on. There's not. 
God's still working on us. God's still working in us. But you know what? That doesn't mean that we just say, well, you know, this is just the way it is. It, it may be the way it is, but it's not the way it has to stay. It can be changed by the working of the Holy Spirit and God's Word in our life. It's a reflection of the things to come. It is the family of God. We're talking about God's family portrait. What does, a, what does God's family look like? It's a man and a woman, you know, uh, creating children that come together in God, under God, under the family of God, and we begin to reflect that same love, that same care, that same forgiveness, that same acceptance, that same peace, all the things that are in the family of God. God wants to be in our natural families. Amen? Absolutely. We are in the family of God. Family means that we love. Now, love, you know, again, in our culture has been defined so much as some kind of feeling. If I have this feeling, I'm in love. So what happened to you? I fell in love. The problem, problem with falling in love is you can fall out of love. Anything you can fall into, you can fall out of, can't you? Because the world says that love is about a feeling. It's about our emotions. It may affect your emotions, but listen to me. Love is not about a feeling. It's a commitment, not a feeling. I want to say that again. Love is about a commitment, not a feeling. You know, some days your feelings are one way, and some days your feelings are another way. Isn't that true? Have you found that out? Some days you get up and you feel wonderful. Some days you get up and you feel otherwise. But you know what? We don't have to live. And as a matter of fact, we are, we are encouraged and commanded not to live by our feelings. We live by faith and by love, which is what? A decision, isn't it? It's a choice. It's a commitment that we make. A commitment that I make to my wife or my husband or to my children. It's a commitment that I've made to God and to the family of God. And that commitment, that decision, that choice is irrevocable. Because as long as you leave a way of escape, this is what I found out, you'll eventually take it. That's just the human nature. How I many you know this stuff for your, your, you got on you is not redeemed yet? <laughs> Isn't that right? If you don't believe that, hit your finger with a hammer. It's not redeemed. Don't do that. I'm just. It's a place, family is to be a place of love, acceptance, and forgiveness, isn't it? Look over to Luke 15 real quickly. You know the story. We refer to it, the story of the prodigal son. You know the story. Jesus, in verse 11, says there was a young man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, 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 give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. <clears throat> Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had and set off for a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth and wild living. After he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Wow. When we find ourselves moving away from the Father, eventually we always end up with the pigs. 
That's just the way it is. Because what? Because God's got a design that in His family, my needs are met. You know, we all have this idea that, you know, that we're, you know, uh, you know, I can remember when I was a younger man, uh, I remember, you know, thinking, you know, how much smarter I was than my folks. You know what I mean? They were old-fashioned. Man, I'm telling you, they were sticks in the mud. They just weren't with it. They didn't understand what it was like to be young. They didn't understand what it was like, you know, just like this young man here. He's, he was so sure that he had it all figured out. He was so sure that he knew how to make his way in the world without Papa. And, you know, we, when we get a wrong conception about family, then all of a sudden family, we see family as something that constrains us rather than liberates us. So we see family as that's holding me back rather than something that's nurturing me and making me come to uh, all that I could be. Are you listening? And so here we see this image of the Father. It's a place of love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Verse 17, when he came to his senses. Oh, I like the way that reads. When he came to his I remember there was a day when I came to my senses. And I came back to Father's house. I'm talking about the Heavenly Father. I came to my senses. I said, I came to my senses. He says, he came to his senses. He said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will sit out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. I want to encourage you today. If you've left Father's house, I want to encourage you. Today's a good day to come to your senses. It's a good day to come to your senses. It's hard out there, outside the Father's family. It's, the world is a hard place. It's tough. It really is dog-eat-dog dog out there. It really is survival of the fittest. In the world, that's the way it is. But in Father's house, there's love, there's acceptance, and there's forgiveness. But while he was a long way off, his father saw him. Woo! You may feel like you're a long way off this morning. I got news for you. Papa sees you. You may be a long way off, but I'm telling you, he's got great vision. And you know what this tells me? The father was looking for him. The father was longing for him. The, the father was, was believing and hoping that, you know, He's going to come back. When he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with what? Compassion. Oh, hallelujah. This is why it's good to be in the family. I need compassion. How about you? Listen, folks don't need to be judged. Are you listening to me? Let's leave that with God. He's the only one that's got all the information. Isn't that right? You don't have all the facts, even when you think you've got all the facts, because you can't see somebody's heart. You don't know what they're struggling. Maybe if you went through what they went through, you might have done worse. Come on, get off your high horse there. What do you have that God didn't give you? <laughs> Amen. Absolutely. Let's let God do that. He was moved with compassion. He ran to his son. Wow. And his arms around him and kissed him. And then the son began, you know, the thing he'd rehearsed. But he didn't even let him get through. The father said to his servants, quick. I like the word quick. 
God, God doesn't wait. You know, He's not going to wait for you, leave you, you know, in agony and guilt and condemnation for two, three weeks or days or years, and then finally, okay, I guess I'll forgive you. He said, quick. Quick. You know how God forgives you? Quick. You know how God accepts you when you come to Him? Quick. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Bring the best robe. Oh, I like that. The best robe. I mean, the son, he would have settled for the average robe. But he said, bring the best robe. You know what God's got for you and his family? The best. You know what God wants for you? The best. The best. Say that with me. God wants the best for me. Say that again. God wants the best for me. He wants the best for your family. He wants the best for your children. He wants the best for your grandchildren. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know how they've acted. I know. You didn't always have it together. (laughs) Put a ring on his finger. Sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf. Kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Oh, hallelujah. I celebrate. That's the way God does things. And he said, see, we're talking about God's family portrait. So how does God want us in our natural families to be? To be a place of love, acceptance, and forgiveness? Maybe you got children. Maybe they're away from God. Maybe you, you raised them in church, but maybe they're not there now. Maybe they're not all that you think they ought to be or all that you would like for them to be. Listen, don't give up on them. I said don't give up on them. Don't, don't you know, don't excommunicate them from your society, from fellowship with you. Don't stop loving them. And listen, you know, some of you, maybe you need to stop lecturing them every time you're around them. Man, I'm telling you what, when I came to God, nobody had to tell me I was a sinner. Good gracious alive. That's like you think you've got to tell me I'm a man. I know I'm a man. I don't need anybody to tell me that, brother. I knew I was a sinner. When people are out of fellowship with God, you don't, they don't need to be told that. You're no good. You're going to hell. You're all... Listen, that's not what they need to hear. How's that going to help them? You're driving off a cliff. Bye. Well, how's that help somebody? You tell them they're going off a cliff. They need to know how to escape the cliff. And you know what that begins? By us showing them what God is like. What's God like? Look at this parable. Jesus said, this is the way the Father is. I said, he said, this is the way the Father is. If you want heaven on earth, then you need to start what? Loving your family. Even when, you know, they need your love the most when they deserve it the least. Forgive. Don't make them earn forgiveness. Where do we earn forgiveness? Do you think you earned your forgiveness from God? No, the Bible says, as a matter of fact, you can't earn it. Neither can they. Stop setting a bar that's there that you couldn't, and no man alive other than Jesus could ever meet that bar anyway. Why do you keep setting that up? It's only a stumbling block for them. Boy, this is good preaching, Pastor. It's also a place to reach our full potential in God. Turn over to Hebrews 12. Family is supposed to be a nurturing place, a place where our gifts and our abilities and our value as individual people is nurtured and begins to be developed and brought out. 
See, family's not a place. I'll tell you one thing. I keep my family in line with you big old tyrant. I'm glad I'm not in your family. I'll tell you, I'm, I rule with a rod of iron. <laughs> well, what if God had that attitude? We'd all be brainless, wouldn't we? <laughs> I know you're, you're the exception. You're pretty nearly perfect. But the rest of us, God's still working on us. Hebrews 12. Look at this, verse 5. We're talking about God's family portrait. What's the family about? What's the family supposed to be about? 12, verse 5, and he says, You have forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves and punishes every one he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have had, all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good. Wow. The word discipline there... It means instruction, it means counsel, it means correction, and of course, discipline. God wants us what to, to be instructed, to be counseled. We're in the family of God because God does it for our good, that is, for our development. See, God's not going around putting cancer on people and breaking people's legs to teach you something. Are you listening? Now listen, the things we go through in this life, the tests, the trials, we all go through difficulties. Can I hear a, an amen? If you hadn't gone through any difficulty, I don't know where you've been. <laughs> tests and trials. Listen, the, the Bible says that God works in everything for our good. It didn't say that everything that comes in our life is from God, but everything that comes into our life, if we will allow it, if we have the right attitude being a part of his family, daddy will work it for good in our life. The hard places. Notice he said, if you endure hardship, you know what that does? That is part of the discipline that God brings into our life. Because what? When people treat you wrong in a relationship, you learn to forgive, to forbear. When difficulty comes, whether it's in, uh, in a relationship in the family, maybe it's in your finances or something, you learn what? To be patient and expectation. You learn to use your faith and trust in God when this thing up here hadn't got it figured out yet. All of these things, what? God is developing in us those good things He's put in us, both natural and spiritual. We, we're developing in love. We're developing in faith. We're developing in patience and endurance. We're developing in long-suffering. Hello? We're learning to trust God, that God will provide for us and deliver us and meet our need or heal our body or deliver our loved ones. See, family's a place where what, our full potential, God's wanting to bring out our full potential as a part of His family. And we as a family, a natural family, the parents are there to help those children, what, realize their full potential. We don't discipline our kids arbitrarily. 
You don't discipline your kids because you're mad at them. That's the worst time to discipline them. Because you're pretty nearly surely going to do it wrong. You're not doing it for their good. You're doing it because you're teed off. Oh, done gone to meddling now, hadn't I? You need to discipline them, but calm down first. And discipline them for their good, just as, as your heavenly papa disciplines you for your good. I'm sure I'm glad God don't go off half-cocked to discipline me sometimes. I'd be brainless. No, it's, he said, now that's the way your earthly fathers did it. He said they disciplined as they felt like it needed. But he said, God does it for your good. Real quickly. Reach our full potential. And you know what? In the family of God here, Passion Church, we're, we're a family here. We're part of the family of God, but we're a family here. And when we come together as family, God's brought us together as a family. What? So that each one of us could reach our full potential. That's why God puts you in a local church, is to help us, as part of His family, reach our full potential. Now, the Bible says that every one of us have a part in helping one another reach our full potential. What God has given you in wisdom, in experience, in understanding, and in spiritual gifts. That is to be used, what, not only for yourself, but be used to help all of us together, what, reach our full potential. God is so committed to this thing called family that He says, without that, none of us will reach our full potential in Christ. Ephesians 4. He says, our full potential is this. The stature of the measure of Christ. That's quite some potential we have there. But he said, unless every family member is contributing what God has given them to contribute, it won't happen. He didn't say, boy, if you've got a super duper 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 super duper 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 pastor, that'll do it. No, it won't. So stop praying for that super-duper-duper pastor to come. (laughs) A place. It's also a place where we learn to serve. It's a place where we learn to serve. Real quickly, Galatians 5. Listen to this. He said, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge a sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. We're talking about God's family portrait. What's the family of God about? Serving one another from love. You know, most of the problems in our natural families at home, they, they usually come because what? Somebody will not walk and live in love. Selfishness. Well, I'll tell you one thing. They, she don't ever, he don't ever. Well, you big old selfish thing, you. It's not supposed to be about you. He said, serve one another in love. Family, so what, you know what family is about? So we can learn to serve. Serve one another in our natural families, but also serve one another in God's family. And it takes love to serve. Come on, because sometimes those people we're serving, they're not quite up to snuff yet. You know what I mean by that? They're not quite perfect yet. They haven't quite got it all together yet. Some of them might be downright selfish, but we ain't serving them. Come on. See, family's about what we learn to serve one another. 
That's what it's about. It's not about me getting my way all the time or this one getting that way all the time. Listen, if you get your way all the time, you're going to grow up warped the wrong way. See, we need to learn to serve one another. Come on, church. Oh, I wish I had time, a little more time to camp out here, but I don't. We learn to serve. Then thirdly, family means what? Submission. You know what submission is? It's love's posture in the family. Submission is not about this one under that one, and we got some big hierarchy here, and we go boom, 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 boom. And you're the last low man on the totem pole, so you serve us all, and I'm up here, and I'm in the big seat. No, that's not what it's about at all. Look in Philippians chapter 2. Submission is the posture of love in the family. You can't serve without being submitted. Because you're gonna, if you're not submitted, then you think you're the big cheese in the pecking order. And everybody waits on me. Come on. You ever been in a family where, you know, where there was, whether it's a child or one of the spouses that everything revolved around them? It don't take you long or you're around them. You can see that real quick. Boy, you know, that's a joyful place. Well, let's be careful, you know. We don't want to get them upset. <laughs> Philippians 2, real quickly, verse 5. Says your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Now he's going to tell us what our attitude should be. Who, being in the nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or to, or to constantly be saying, "Hey, look at me! I'm the Son of God." Now look at me! You all bow down. Look at me! Remember who I am? Yeah. Hey, look at me! I'm perfect. Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! Not something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Now who's going to submit? Listen. Let me just speak a word to the husbands here a minute. You're not going to make that woman submit. If you ain't figured that out yet. If you ain't figured that out yet, come see me after the service. Because that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. Look at this. He said he made himself nothing. You the big cheese? You the big man? You the big... Person, make yourself nothing. This is, we're talking about submission. He said, let this attitude be in you that was in Jesus. Mm, it's awful quiet in this church. <laughs> he says, who made himself nothing but taking the very nature of a servant. See, submission is what? It's the posture of love in the family. Jesus said, he that is greatest among you, let him be your servant. Woo. You the big cheese? Great. You'll serve the most. <clears throat> being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself. Listen, this, we're talking about love's posture in the family. Submission is about love's posture in the family. Jesus very God Himself humbled Himself to serve. You know what we're called to do in our families? Humble ourselves to serve. I'll tell you what, He don't ever... Come on, humble yourself to serve. We, we are to submit to each other. Look in Ephesians 5 real quickly here. Ephesians 5. We learn to serve 
But we do that by love's posture, which is submission. In Ephesians 5, notice what he says here, verse 21. Submit to one another. Submit. This is the starting place. Now, so often when you get to this passage, people jump to the next verse first. And all the women said. But see, that would be taking it out of context. Come on. You can get in a lot of trouble taking things out of context in the Bible. The starting place is not wives submit to your husband. The starting place is submit to one another, to each other. That's why I say that submission is love's posture in the family. Because it's all about others, not me. It's not about me getting my way all the time. It's not about everybody waiting on me hand and foot. It's not about my feelings all the time and, you know, and I'm a big cry baby. It's about me, what? Submitting myself to others in the family, my, my natural family at home and my spiritual family. I submit myself so that, what? I can serve them in love. That's where it starts. So I'm quick to forgive. I'm quick to overlook. What does it say over there in 1 Corinthians about love? Love believes the best of everyone. Is that what you're doing? Love takes no account to the wrong done to it. Is that what you're practicing? Love is quick to forgive. Is that what you're doing? say, I don't understand. I'm having all these marital problems, and man, there's so much turmoil in my family. I can tell real quickly, listen, you're not, you haven't submitted to one another in love. If I believe the best of you, you believe the best of me, I'm long-suffering with you. You're patient with me. I'm quick to forgive you. You're quick to forgive me. I believe in the best in you, and you believe in the best about me. How, where's conflict in that? No, the conflict comes when one of us is selfish and we want our way. Now, want it now. You ever see a little child throw a fit in the store? Oh, my goodness. Woo. What we call in the South a hissy fit. Do you know what that means? I mean, that's a, woo, they're getting down with it. That's a sight to behold, isn't it? It's even worse when an adult does it. <laughs> Oh, man, it's just, you're, you, I mean, you're just plumb embarrassed for them, aren't you? You ever seen an adult throw a hissy fit? Something didn't go quite their way. Maybe, you know, the, the waitress or somebody got their order wrong at the restaurant, and they just throw a hissy fit right there. Ooh, I'm really meddling. All right, submit to one another. Wives, submit to your husband. That's to the Lord. The husband's the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Now, these next two weeks, we're going to be talking about the roles, R-O-L-E, not R-O-L-L, the roles of the husband and wife and the children in the family. This is about roles. It's not about that the husband is better than the wife. It's about a role. We have roles to play. Each of us have roles. And when we do play our role right, then the grace and the love of God is flowing as it should be. And you know what? It's heaven on earth. But when we don't, <clears throat> he said, now as the church submits to Christ, so also should, should, should wives submit to their husbands in everything. Now, 
This next verse, listen to this. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, husband, you want your wife to submit to you? Start loving her this way. You'll have no problem. I said, you'll have no problem. I said, you'll have no problem. But if you let that flesh rule, fireworks, fireworks, fireworks. And not the good kind either, the bad kind. It says, talks about loving your wife, cherishing her, and all that. We talked about that in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. Holy cow. He who loves his wife loves himself. Mm. So when you mistreat your wife and you abuse your wife, you're mistreating and abusing yourself. Mm. And then it talks about verse, chapter 6, verse 1, Children, obey your parents, for this is right in the Lord. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you on the earth and you will enjoy long life. Now, we're going to expound on these roles that we play. But submission, one to another, that's love's posture in the family. So we're called to serve, are we not? Serve one another. We're called to love one another. Because what? We're going to be a picture of God's family. We're going to become God's family portrait. Not outwardly so much, but the attitudes of the heart. The way that we treat one another. We create a place where people want to be, not want to escape from. Are you listening? It's a place where where people feel loved, where people feel accepted. And you know what? We could apply that to us here at Passion Church, couldn't we? When we begin to grow in this, we begin to exhibit this on a higher level, this love of God, this acceptance, this forgiveness, this, this posture of serving other people, people that don't have it all together yet, people who maybe not not even a part of the family of God yet. But when we love them with that same unconditional love that God loves us, you know what? They're going to want to be a part of the family. They're going to want to be a part of the family. And you know what? That's what attracts people. Why were people attracted to Jesus? Miracles, of course. That he met needs and healed people, of course. But I think even more at the core was the love that he demonstrated. Because maybe not everybody had the same physical need, but everybody had the same spiritual need. The need to be a part of a family, to feel that they belong to feel accepted, to be forgiven, to be given a second chance, to get a new start, to feel like that I have value. Really, that's what it's about. We could sum it up. If we are living in a family relationship that's aligned with God's will and purpose, you know what it does? It creates value in me. It creates value in my children. It creates value in my spouse. Because you know what? Love says, 
you're valuable. That's isn't it it? The smallest act of kindness to the greatest act of love. You know what it says? You're valuable. I value you. You're valued. You're you're special. You're loved. You have potential. You have a future. You have a purpose. Isn't that what it said when God loved us? We know that scripture. We've heard it so many times. For God so loved the world. He didn't say so God so loved the Christians. He does. But I'm so glad he started with the world. Because when God started loving, there were no Christians. <laughs> if it wasn't for God's love, there never would have been any. There would have been no believers. And so here's the thing. We start loving people right where they are. And I want you to know today that God loves you right where you are. Maybe you're a believer, but you hadn't got it all together yet. God loves you right where you are. And if you will just, in your heart, continue to pursue God and pursue that relationship with God, you know what? God's going to work in you His goodwill and pleasure. Because remember we said family is a place where we reach our full potential. Our full potential here at Passion Church, in the family of God, a part of Passion. You know, you're going to reach your full potential as we come together. And you know, part of that is, is we learn how to live in relationship, don't we? And that starts with love. It starts with love. Because if I start anywhere else, it's going to mess it all up. If it starts with me, that's really going to mess it up. Because I'm going to be, you know, I'm all thinking about me and my needs and what I need and all me and my, I'm all wrapped up in my little world. But listen, God so loved the world, He did something. He gave. And what He wants to do today is to give you a brand new start too. I want to read you some action points here and then we're going to pray. And then we're going to pray over the children and all the students and teachers going back to school. Take a long look at hindrances in your family relationships. If there's some problems there, maybe it's, maybe it's with a child. Maybe, maybe it's a grown-up child. It's an adult child. How I many you know there's still a relationship there, isn't there? It's a little different than when they were small in a home, but it's still there. Maybe, maybe there's a relationship problem with a, with, with a sibling, with a sister or a brother or somebody. Maybe there's been words spoken. Maybe you haven't spoken in years. Maybe there's something there that needs to be corrected. You know what? You make the first step. You humble yourself. It says the same attitude that Jesus had. He humbled himself. You humble yourself. You submit yourself to God. And then you go to that person and say, you know what? I was wrong. Yeah, but I wasn't wrong. I was right. No, if you got that attitude, I already know you're wrong. <laughs> we go to them and say, you know, I want to make this right. Forgive me, I had, a, I had a wrong attitude, I had a bad attitude. I don't care what, what's been done, what's been said. I want us to start fresh. I, I forgive you, I, I want to start over. You know, I would rather be in right relationship and fellowship with my family than to be right all alone. <laughs> I'll tell you what, when they straighten up, well, I hope you like living by yourself. <laughs> Mr. Wright. Find a way to spend time together. I know this, these are simple, but listen, we're so busy, 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 busy. 
we're in a hurry, we're in a hurry, we're in a hurry. But you know what? Find time to spend with one another. It's about fellowship. Fellowship builds relationship. You cannot have a relationship that's of any value without fellowship. Turn the TV off. Get off the Internet. Put down the phone. I know these are novel ideas. And just talk. Just spend time. May, you know, adjust your schedule. Do something together as a family. Just do something together as a family. Whatever it is, play a game, read out loud, play sports, whatever you like. To, but find something and do it together. Do something together. And build that family relationship. Feel that. that Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.